Okay, I just finished recording this episode, but before we get into it, I forgot to mention, I like had a mental running list of things that I wanted to mention and I didn't mention it, but I mean, I feel like I have actually mentioned it so many times. My big, <laughs> big time magazine editor, Andy Sachs, Andy Anderson, Jenna Rinks, um, Rebecca Bloomwood, rom-com chick flick agenda um but I was talking to one of my friends earlier and just about how much those movies 13 going on 30 confessions of a shopaholic how to lose a guy in 10 days and of course the devil wears prada inform my personality and I'm actually certain now that I've said it in other episodes <laughs> I think in one of the style seminars I talked about it I talk about I bring that is like my main point of reference it also is informed so much of my personality um but I want this to be the intro to this episode that I am with each and every day fulfilling my fashion girl journalist early 2000s movie extravaganza goal (laughs) childhood goal and dream because I, as you will hear me repeat a second later, have my first magazine feature out, baby. Long pause before we get into the episode. One, two, three, pause. Okay, hit it! Hi everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host and friend, Alexander Rain, and... Welcome. Today is a solo episode. I am admittedly a bit nervous, but I'm unsure why. And I think perhaps because it's a sensitive subject. Um, I'll just get right to the punch. I have my first magazine feature story that I wrote out and I'm very... um, proud of it but I think I'm still learning how to exercise vulnerability especially when it is it involves um it goes beyond myself but yet at the same time the fact that the story does go beyond myself I think is what makes it worth sharing anyways kind of dancing around but Um, I'll link the story below if you'd like to read it. Um, The story is called The Prodigal Mother and it is about, it's a memoir piece about um, growing up loving an addict and having um, a mom who struggled with various addictions. I've mentioned, I think, like just very quickly, maybe on some solo episodes prior to um uh, that experience and (laughs) my uh, childhood but explicitly stated there it is I also wrote a book in high school which is a much more amateur piece of writing admittedly than um uh the the feature piece but it's called growing pains available on amazon I'll also link that below if you'd like, if it could be helpful to you or someone you know, if you have experienced anxiety, loneliness, grief, 
um, know somebody, love somebody that's addicted. That's why I wrote the stories, baby, because um, as overstated sometimes and cliche sometimes as it may sound, it's nonetheless true that you aren't alone. I actually want to read um, part of the piece, I guess, to further illustrate that point. Um, And if you don't want to read the whole piece, then this, I think, would be useful to listen to. This is, um, I think, the larger reality, like I was talking about, what goes beyond myself. Alrighty, I write. (laughs) My mother is not alone and neither am I. In the United States, 20 million people have a substance abuse disorder. For 1.5 million of them, the substance abuse is methamphetamine. Many of them get caught up in the penal system. Beyond the 137,000 people behind bars for drug possession, more than half of those sentenced to confinement in jails or state prisons meet the DSM-5 or Diagnostic Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, Criteria for Substance Abuse Disorder, including 7 in 10 women. Most Americans see the impact in addiction in their communities, if not their own families. The rest can see it reflected in news headlines, on movie screens, in songs and novels, but it's easy to forget how many of these addicts are parents. In America today, 8.7 million children live in a household impacted by substance abuse. About 2.1 million live with a parent who has been diagnosed with illicit drug use disorder. Number this big are inherently dehumanizing and difficult to contextualize. So imagine a classroom of 35 students. Four of those live in a household impacted by substance abuse. One has a mom or dad who's an addict. They grow up to become people we brush past at the grocery store, sit behind in the cinema, get stuck in traffic with. Some may seem to thrive, but they carry on a private struggle with the past they never chose, like I do. The story is about my experience as I remember it, but it's just one example among millions. That's your teaser. (laughs) That's the teaser trailer. Um, Again, if you'd like to read it, by all means, if it's... I also want to, like, put a little um, footnote that if it's like gonna be too difficult to read or too triggering don't I have had to find this balance within myself when it comes to media about addiction like in high school my senior year kind of when things were especially tricky (laughs) when there was especially trouble at home so to speak um it felt like there was just heaps of like addiction content left, right, and center. But the only ones I can think of to name is Beautiful Boy and Ben is Back. And I debated like, should I go see Beautiful Boy in theater? I really want to see it. Should I go see Ben is Back? I really want to see it. But I, at that time, was not in a position where I could properly be an audience member um yet at the same time there are stories and other people's um adversaries that I've really really connected to 
an example, Moonlight. Will I ever shut up about Moonlight? No, never. Number one favorite movie of all time, um, which I can do well, maybe at one point I'll just indulge myself and do a podcast episode about that because I just love it so much. But I saw that my junior year of high school and it illustrated or gave me a vocabulary. Like it just showed reflected back the experience I was having on screen in ways that I didn't quite know how to explain it to anybody um explain it to anybody yet so at the same time while I think talking about being open about um mental health and stigmatized subjects is great can be great I also recognize it can be you you just have to be self-aware to know whether or not how it's going to impact you. So if you don't want to read it, completely understand. If you do read it, thank you so very much. I also, I think, just want to say, like, as, like, holly and jolly as the holidays can be, it's also, can be a really hard time, a really difficult time um, for myself included. So I think I, (laughs) like, not to go full therapy, lingo but if it's that way for you too I see you I hear you (laughs) I understand you and your feelings are completely valid but I also felt um I guess inclined to make like dedicate a whole episode (laughs) more or less to I mean it's not just an announcement of like Lincoln bio swipe up like new new personal essay just dropped but more I think because also let's address the elephant in the room this is a fashion podcast baby it's a fashion podcast it's a model podcast but I think something that I prioritize and at least my perception of myself is not being defined by one thing and I think what makes modeling other than it being fun and like I love being on set and I love getting to bring people's visions to life and kind of be a part of like um the creativity and the concepts like all of that aside like aside from doing the job like that is all the job capital J being like a model and um like a model (laughs) and like having this podcast and more or less putting myself out there I think the only way that I can do it or justify it for myself is if it is of value to other people and maybe that value is just entertainment and distraction like I'm not (laughs) I don't need to be like Mother Teresa over here I'm not saying like this I'm not, I don't, I accept my limitations and, um, what and how I am limited. (laughs) I can't, listen, my AP Lang teacher in high school told me you can't change the world, but you can change the corner of the world that you have. I'm like paraphrasing the conversation, but that was what she said. That was where the conversation ended and I remember being so frustrated because again my junior year when everything was happening with my mom I was in denial and horribly optimistic (laughs) and like had 
what would later be diagnosed as like an anxiety disorder. All of this was brewing, but I still had, and I feel like this is kind of core to who I am is like this obnoxious optimism of like, it's like the Lorax quote, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, things aren't going to get better. They're not feeling like, I guess I felt like I always had the capability of changing the world, bold letters, (laughs) but I think as a young adult and not a 16 year old, I am self-aware and recognizing my limits and also there's such relief that comes with what my AP Lang teacher told me. Like, I can't change the world, but I do have this corner of the world. And if I make that corner of the world better, the best I can, and treat people with kindness, hairstyles, <laughs> thank you very much, and empathy and, like, you know, all the very, like, cliche things, lead with love, but it's true, then that corner of the world people in my corner have their corners and it can expand and it can become like this domino effect. So anyways, all of this is to say is like, I think in starting this podcast, like it was, has always been a fun and creative pursuit, but I think I've always been really self-conscious of like, I don't want to, I don't want this to become like a venue for vanity and I also feel like lately I've really been questioning vulnerability versus privacy and like how available we make ourselves to um, perception through like online posts and I don't want to feel like I'm Truman showing myself and so I feel like for all of this to to be quote worth it beyond just like having fun with it but to feel like I can make my corner of the world a little better including this podcast is to connect with all of the listeners and with all of you and with you listening I mean my god thank you so much for listening and really really what all this is leading up to is I got a very very sweet dm um a very very kind um I believe she said she was 16, 15 or 16, um, young girl, 15, she's 15, almost 16, well, happy early birthday, you know who you are, and we were able to have, like, this really, what felt like to me a very special exchange, like, one that I very excitedly called my grandma about, like, oh my god, I can't believe that, like, I don't know that there's this positive impact and she was able to share her story with me which obviously like I'm not gonna (laughs) broadcast but it felt really special to be able to be a witness to that and to think that this podcast could be like was what made that a possibility like someone who lives in an entirely different state who I've never met and I mean I've gotten like caught a handful of those messages and it just really means a lot to me. And so, again, like, I I don't want to make this, like, a very self-indulgent episode, but I think, like, just as a justification for why I wanted to step aside from the industry, from fashion, from beauty and acting, and, like, all of the things that this podcast is about and all the interviews is to really 
I don't know, just let you know who I am as a person a little bit more aside from what I do as a job. I hope that makes sense. I hope I'm not rambling too much. I guess, um, well, actually I was just watching Jonah Hill's documentary Stuts. I have like 20 minutes left of it. I really recommend it. It's really good. Um, but there's this moment where Stutz says to Jonah, like, for paraphrasing again, but for it to be good, for this to be good, like, you need to be involved. Like, you have to be here, more or less, and open up. And, well, heaven knows I tend to overshare. And I'm, again, finding that balance of, like, being vulnerable without trauma dumping. And I don't know. And yeah, I don't know. Still feeling like I have a part of myself that's just for myself. I did want to share that I have a feature story out and it's a memoir piece and um, heaven knows there will be so many more personal essays and next week we can go back to the scheduled (laughs) agenda, back to regular programming, talking about fashion and all things that it encompasses but um I think one of the like main theses of theses of this podcast is like fashion can be so more so much more than just clothes and I mean duh <laughs> like there are people who create these things and I guess I just wanted to give you a little insight as to who I am clearly I'm nervous about this because I, I I am just talking to myself in circles I was talking to my friend Asia actually um, and I was like, I am not, and I am, I love this podcast. I think I am capable of doing it, but in so many ways I'm ill-equipped <laughs> to be like a standard podcast host because I, like the advert says every week at the beginning of each episode, I'm not the best with technology. Like I, I use sound editing, scary. I try my best, not sure how to do it. Tech, like the technical side of things. I, at some point, hopefully, will have someone to help me with that because I need help. And also, I'm so rambly and I am working on being efficient in my language and coherent and um, concise, but I mean, it's my podcast, baby. I'm on the mic. It's just whatever happens, happens. Um and I think I've said quite enough. I think I've said quite enough. Um, all of this is to say, thank you for listening. And I love you so much. And I like am genuinely grinning when I say that because, I don't know, it just feels like a pretty cool corner of the internet and world that we share together. Okay, bye! <laughs>